Amen, amen, amen. He comes in dark places. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Brenda, for sharing and allowing the Lord to use you to minister the word. While we were away last week, um, um, we were taking some family time together, and um, we were away, and um, it was refreshing and renewing and at the same time challenging. Um, while we were there, we were out one evening, one afternoon, one day, and um, and the my best friend, my best friend that I grew up with, my best friend that actually invited me to college in Massachusetts, my best friend that actually introduced me to my wife happened to die while I was out in California and I had just shared with the family I said guys the last time or a couple of times ago while we were out we were supposed to go by and visit with him and his family and we were um, out in another part of, of California and, and when it got late and so they had to work so I said we're not going to go by this late it's almost one o'clock in the morning. They got to work. We're on vacation, so we won't go by. And, and when I didn't go by and, and see him, it, it, it caused a breach in our relationship. It hurt him because we have the understanding anytime we're close by to each other, we just come by. It don't matter what time it is. And so we didn't get the opportunity to go by. So that I may have been that day or the day before I had just shared with the family. I said, Guys, while we're out here, we're going to go by and visit Terry and his family and spend some time and see them and spend some time with them. And that day while we were out, I got a phone call and that he had just suffered a massive heart attack and, and had died. And um, that hit home. That hit home because this is a young man. He's just a little bit, just a little bit younger than I am, just a little bit younger. Um, we graduated together, and so, um, but it hit home for me because the Bible tells us that life is but a vapor. It's but a vapor. There's a reason I'm sharing it, and it's even connected to my message. I'm not just sharing it with you because pastor needs some empathy or something. It's not what I'm sharing. I'm sharing it because it's actually connected to my message, but had God not used this young man who happened to come home to Alabama while I was in California spending time with some uncles and relatives and came home from California to Alabama and he invited me to come and go to college with him. As a matter of fact, he initiated the phone call to Tom Thibodeau and put Coach Tibbs on the phone and and I spoke with Coach Tibbs, and, and Terry told him, I'm coming up with him. He said, you guys get, this is when you guys need to be here. I packed up and left with my best friend. Went to college. My best friend then introduced me to my wife now of almost 30 years. Amen. Had he not been in position, then I would not have been in position. 
very possible I would not be standing before you today with her had God not used him. And probably one of the blessings that came out of our vacation, um, his wife asked if we would come and go to church with her. And so we went to service with her on that Sunday. And I was able to see where he had served because God allowed me to encourage him to make a move to California. And then while he was in California, I was able to encourage him, now you got to find a church home. You got to get in a church that teach you the word so you can grow. And so I was able to see the impact he was able to make in his church. And so his funeral is going to be this week, and I'm going to be heading back out uh, to go and support, be supportive of, of the family. And, uh, but it's always good to have good people in your life. I'm, I'm glad to know that he's a part of the cloud of witnesses now that can see the role and the part that he played in helping me live my dream. Glory to God. This morning, I want to talk to you about living your dream. Living your dream. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked to you about being motivated by a dream. Being motivated by a dream. Next week, we're going to talk to you. We've been, we've been alluding to it that the, our theme for the year is, does anybody know? Say it again, John. Yes, sir. Larry's got it on lock. Envision 2020 and beyond. Don't get stuck just in 2020. I need you to be able to see further than 2020. When I say I need you to be able to see, I'm not talking about your natural sight. I'm not talking about just your natural sight. I need you to be able to see with the eyes of the spirit that's on the inside of you that can look further than your natural eyes can see. Because some of us, if we look through our natural lens, our natural lens could be very discouraging. Are you with me? But you can live in your dream right now, and your dream is a future place. And you can visit it right now. And so we're going to be talking about that today. Um, since, since I gave you this word, I'm going to go ahead and define it for you. The word envision, envision, this is a definition I want you to uh, just keep with you, and we'll probably get... Uh, to it on next week, envision is to picture in the mind, to picture in the mind, to imagine, to picture in the mind, to imagine. Another definition is imagine as a future possibility. Imagine as a future possibility. To visualize. I'm encouraging you, you need to visualize your future. You need to imagine what your future looks like right now. Now, just, just, just by a show of hands, does everybody understand where your imagination is held? If you understand where your imagination is held, just raise your hand. It's not a trick question. It's okay if you don't. All right. So I ask that because if you don't know, I want to be able to make sure I communicate. Your imagination is housed in the realm of your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, 
your will, your imagination, your intellect, and, and, your, and your emotions. So very important. This is why we're on a 40-day soul fast, so that we can make sure our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, and our imagination is pure. God has given you the ability to have a wild imagination. Thank you for those two of you that said amen. Because it's in the arena of your imagination that you're able to dream. And you're able to dream big. They just sung the song, My God is Big. Now listen to me. If God is big, you think he wants you to have a small dream? God needs us to dream on a level that challenges him to have to do something. And so I need you to be able to dream and dream big so that you can experience what it is that God wants to do. If you have your Bibles or devices you're using for a Bible, if you would go to, with me to the text we've been using was uh, Genesis 37. Genesis 37. Oh, praise God. I got all the time in the world left. That, that shouldn't make y'all move up there. Don't, don't move. Praise God. No, y'all okay. <laughs> set me up. <laughs> See, when the clock says zero, that means I have unlimited time. It, it communicates that you have nowhere to go. It means that you're willing to be here with me until I'm finished. See, the greedy people always say amen. The people that... I, I heard your thought, Pastor. Don't make me get up and walk out on you. <laughs> it's all good. No, we got a word for you that's going to get you what you need in the timely fashion that you need it. Oh, praise God. You were generous, too. Thank you. Glory. Mm. Appreciate you. In Genesis chapter number 37, Genesis 37, and, and we'll, start, we'll start in uh, verse number two. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream. Can you say, I have a dream? I have a dream. Even if you have to make that statement by faith, you need to make that statement. I have a dream. You need something that's on the inside of you that makes you have to get up. You need something that pushes you, that drives you, that will speak to you that your present predicament is not all that God has. That comes about by having a dream. When you have a dream, you can stay motivated. Please hear me real closely. It is very possible for you to have a dream and the expectation you have of the dream will produce frustration. Because the dream is not coming to pass in the timely fashion that you thought it need to or the way you thought it should. 
But just because it doesn't happen that way, the Bible says, though it tarries, wait on it, for it shall surely come to pass. Anything that God puts on the inside of us, he intends on it being birthed. So his brothers hated him. They hated him. And verse 5 says, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. Now he was already hated by his brothers. Now he tells his brothers his dream. And let's see what happened. And they hated him even more. So if you tell the wrong people the dream God has given you, they will not like you. If you know God's got big plans for you, even though you're in a small place right now, but God's got these big plans and you start speaking about the big plans in a small place, those with small mindsets will hate you. Because they will say about you and I that you think you better than them. But you never said that. You just said that God has big, big places for you to go. Big things for you to do. Big people for you to encounter. How many of you know the circle you're presently in is not just the last circle God has for you? Oh, some of you don't want to notice, but uh, there are some people God needs you to loose from your circle. Your present circle, because some people in your present circle are some of the people that's trying to kill your dream. So goes on. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed, bowed down to my sheaf. Now, notice he was the youngest and he's telling his elder brothers that they sheaves were bowing down to his. Verse 8, and his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. My God, let me help you with something. If you can't handle being disliked by people because of the dream you have, then you're not ready for what something big God wants to do. Let me say that again. If you can't handle people hating you for the dream you have, then you're not ready for the big thing that God wants to do in your life. When God wants to do big things in your life, it will cause some other people not to like you. And if that's going to bother you, then I'm telling you, you might as well kiss the dream goodbye. Amen. I'm in agreement with you. The devil is the lie. I'm not kissing my dream goodbye because you don't like me. As a matter of fact, I won't say that. I won't say that. I won't say that. I'm going to come back up here. Don't say that. No, 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 no. Because there are some people that don't even realize that the dream that you have is necessary for their life. While they're hating on you, God is going to use you to make a difference in their life. Verse nine, then he dreams still another dream. Tell your neighbor, dream again. Tell the person on the other side, dream again. Listen, don't you dare allow the dream that you had the first time to keep you from wanting to dream a second time. 
learn how to dream again, dream a second time. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Even though his dad rebuked him, daddy didn't, hmm, let me keep this down in my heart somewhere. Then jump down to verse 19. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. I thought this was very interesting. I had this thought as I was looking at that text and at that verse. It is amazing to me how people will want to set out and kill dreamers. Watch this. Because Dr. Martin Luther King had a dream. That dream so provoked other people that people now wanted to kill him. Y'all not hearing me. They didn't want to kill him over the manifestation. They wanted to kill him because he had a dream. Dreamers are very dangerous. You have to have something that drives you, that motivates you, that pushes you to go beyond where you think it's possible. Dreams are the results of the imagination. Dreams are the results of the imaginations. Watch this. Dreams pre-play our future. <laughs> Dreams pre-play our future. If you ever want to know what it is your future is going to be, you have to get in that dream world. Because your dream preplays your future. It gives you a glimpse or insight into a future that you have not yet visited or seen. So you get an idea of what's to come. Does anybody get stimulated or motivated over what's to come? No, 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 really, really. Does anybody got, like, get really excited about what's coming versus what is? See, if you only focus on what is, you will never dream about what will be. And what will be is always better than what is. You have to become excited about what will be. My God, it won't always be like this. Won't always be like this. So it's very important. Something that you need to understand is that memories always replay the past. Memories always replay the past. Therefore, we dream, we need dreams and dreamers because that's always about the future. See, we need dreamers even now that will have some insight, if you would, into our educational system on how to improve it and make it better. We need dreamers who will be willing to run for mayor and governor who has some insight. Oh, 
Are y'all all right? Is this okay to talk about? Because if all, everybody that's born again, if everybody that's serving God is only going to do what they do in church, then we're missing out. God said, go into all the world. Go into all the world. Be a doctor. Be a doctor. By the way, I was listening to a doctor t- have a testimony. He, he, um, this doctor, is, he's a, a, a thorough brain surgeon. And, and this, he was talking about his practice, and he's a member of a church in Detroit, uh, Word of Faith, under uh, Bishop Keith Butler. And he was talking about, he was talking about his, um, his practice, and that anytime he gets ready to perform brain surgery, he has intimate conversation with the Holy Ghost. He prays in the Spirit and asks the Spirit of God, I've done my study. I've done the work to get the grade, but I could not do what I do if you don't show up and minister to me in the process of this surgery. And he said, no brain surgery is the same for any two people. That's why he has to pray in the spirit for the spirit of God to give him wisdom and direction when he's going inside somebody's head. Because one small miss could be detrimental. Now I'm listening to this man thinking, my God in heaven. Now, this is a man that does brain surgery, yet he understands that he has to have vital communication with the Holy Spirit. Well, you and I may not be doing brain surgery, but we doing surgery on our lives. And if I'm going to be going in my life trying to bring some things out, I need to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, not Reggie's wisdom. I need wisdom that comes from above, beyond my own understanding, that can then come into my mind so that I can have an imagination that I can see what I didn't even know. Are you hearing me? You need to be able to see the things that you didn't even know was possible. If you can't see it, you'll never have it. If you can't see it, you will never have it. If you don't see yourself graduating from college, you'll never graduate. Are you hearing me? If you can't see yourself laying hands on the sick, they'll never recover. You have to see this thing before you experience it. As a matter of fact, I believe we'll talk about how you'll be able to, you can experience it before you experience it. The only reason people don't have more is because they don't see more. The only reason people don't have more is because they don't see more. Too many people think what they presently see is all there is. I can remember as a kid growing up in the growing up in the hood, growing up in the ghettos of Chicago, and I thought that's all there was. I thought everybody stayed in the ghetto. Hello? Because that was the environment I hung out in, was the ghetto. And that's all I saw. And it wasn't until I left my present situation and went to another situation and saw, oh, there's some people that don't live like I live. Well, why do I have to continue to live like I'm living when other people are living differently from me? 
Oh, see, y'all not hearing me. You're not hearing me with that other ear. See, you don't have to live how you presently living just because that's the situation you were raised in. You can get a dream that can say, oh, I can live better than this. If you're satisfied with your present situation, stay in it. But if you dare to believe that there's more to life than what you're presently experiencing, you better have a dream. You better have a dream because that dream will keep you motivated. That dream will keep you going. Once you start seeing more, then you can believe for more and prepare for more. Once you start seeing more, you can believe for more and prepare for more. Please hear this statement. The greatest evidence that you believe something greater is coming is preparation. The greatest evidence that you believe something greater is coming is preparation. Lord have mercy. See, sometimes we wait for things to happen and then get ready. You should be living your life in a statement, state of being prepared. I know it's good right now, but know that God wants to do more. And if he wants to do more, why don't you stay prepared? Continue being prepared. Don't think just because you graduated from undergrad, that's all there is. Why not prepare for your doctorate? Why not just prepare for the doctorate? Right now, while you're still an undergraduate, you're just starting out. You should be preparing. This is only the beginning. And I thank God that I see a day that I walk across the stage and they put the diploma in my hand. But I know that's not it. Because I got to get my doctorate. Why not prepare for more? Why not prepare for more? Yes, yes, your life is good right now and it's flourishing, but why not prepare for more? Why be selfish and stay where you are? That means you have become selfish in our choosing not to believe God for more. And if God can do more in you and through you, you can help more people. But if you make your dream just about you, you shut God's unlimited abilities down. Your dream should always include others. Your dream should always include others. Go, if you would, with me, uh, with me to Ecclesiastes 5. Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter. It's amazing to me because some, some of us some of us been dreaming about when the fast is over. <laughs> See, you don't have an issue dreaming. It's just what you choose to dream about. You don't have an issue dreaming. It's just what you choose to dream about. Are you hearing me? Where did I tell you to go? In the fifth chapter of Ecclesiastes, Looking at verse number three, Ecclesiastes five, verse number three, for a dream comes through much activity. For a dream comes through much activity. Other translation says for dreams come through 
painstaking effort. My, 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 my. You can have a dream, but if you won't put any activity with what you are dreaming, that dream will become a nightmare. Your dream will take some painstaking effort. Tell your neighbor, you got to do something. If you don't do nothing, then you should not be upset that you got nothing. Some people want you to do the work so they can benefit from the work you do. Well, see, if you go and do it and then, and then you let me come in and be a part of what you're doing. No, you better be preparing as I'm preparing. So if you believe you're supposed to be a part of it, if you'll prepare for it, it'll meet you. Painstaking effort. Everybody said it takes work. Mm -hmm. It takes some work. Take some work. Dreams are the substance of all great achievements. Anybody that does anything great in this earth, anybody, they had a dream. They had a dream that one day. Henry Ford had a dream. Are you hearing me? He had a dream. So anybody with any great achievement had a dream. Hope is the blueprint. Hope is the blueprint. Faith is the building material. Hope is the blueprint for our dream. Here's what the enemy tries to master. Let me rob them of their hope. Let me get them so discouraged that they will not hope for anything. Let me see if I can cause circumstances and situations to come up in their life where they won't hope for anything to change. That's your blueprint. That becomes what it is that God wants to use in our lives to bring to pass what it is that he's seen for us. So you and I, we need hope in order for it to come to, for things to materialize. We need our hope. If the devil can't get your hope, he can't steal your dream. If he can't get your, steal your hope, he can't get your dream. So don't ever cash in your hope based on circumstances and situations. Are you with me? Dream no small dreams for God. Dream no small dreams for God. What does it cause? What does it cost you? What does it cost you even right now, present day, sitting in this room? What does it cost you right now to dream something so outlandish? What does it cost you? What does it cost you? I mean to dream something so outlandish. Close your eyes. Let's practice. Practice. I want you to dream something so outlandish that if you even thought about telling somebody else, they would think you were foolish. 
And when you get that dream that is so outlandish, I mean outlandish, my young, young guys that's in the sports, you see yourself playing professionally. Business owners, see yourself owning five businesses. Why just one? Open your eyes. Notice that just with thinking about your dream begins to produce feelings and emotions. You can live your dream right now just by imagining it. Just by imagining it. If you would imagine, if you would just see yourself doing what it is that you're dreaming, you will be amazed at how it starts getting closer to you. I had my brother to call me last week. My brother, I had my, my brother call me last week, and, and he's like, bruh, um, I was driving, I was driving, and, and I realized something was happening, and I knew I needed to call you because I knew it wasn't just natural. I knew it had to do with something spiritual. And he said, so I had to give you a call. He said, I was driving, and I happened to be driving along the road, and I had went by this dealership where I had bought a car, and I saw, the, and I saw this car, and for some reason, when I saw the car, something just hit me on the inside. He said, I didn't know what it was, but then that wasn't the only experience. I was, I was out, and I was in a store, and this lady walks over to me, and she just comes to me. She says, I've never met you before, but I'm hearing God say to you, you can have it if you'll see it. And he said, okay. He said, but he still didn't understand what that meant fully, that he could have it if he would see it. Then he said, God began to take him back full circle and he noticed that he had to go and visit someone, take someone to the hospital. And while he was at the hospital, he realized it was the hospital where he had to have his back surgery because he had an accident while he worked in the mine. And as a result of the accident he had in the mine, he had to retire. But God had brought him full circle back to that hospital. And while he was in the hospital, he realized, I've been here before. And he said, and when he went in, when he was in the hospital and walking down the hallway, he then all of a sudden realized that God was talking to him because God said, you didn't know I had to bring you back here so you'd be completely whole. Some of y'all better listen to me because I'm speaking to some of you. I'm just telling you my brother's story. See, God is never, God is never just interested in healing. He's always interested in making us whole. Some people want to pursue healing, and God would ask, do you want to be made whole? Because, see, I can give you a healing, and you'll get a temporary thing. But if I get you whole, you're going to have everything you need. Never allow situations that has caused you to go off track to think that's going to keep you off the track. You can get back. You can jump tracks and get back on track with your life. Just because you got off track doesn't mean that you're out of the game. You can get back in the game. Are you hearing me? Just because unfaithful others tried to connect with you and make you unfaithful to God doesn't mean that you have to remain unfaithful. You can make a quality decision. I choose to remain faithful to God even now, even though I was unfaithful to him yesterday. Are you hearing me? 
So he said, bro, so, so these three things were happening to me. He said, and then finally, this one thing happened. He said, a guy, my boy, a guy I was very tight with, and we spent all, all the time we were together. He said, now I hadn't seen him in about six or seven years. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he shows up right where I am. And he's like, man, what's up? And he said, God, what is all this about? And I asked him one question. I said, what are you dreaming? What do you want? Because God is bringing you closer to things that you didn't even know you desired. But because he placed the desires on the inside of you, he'll make you get close to them even though you hadn't even been thinking about them. And, and I said, for some reason, I knew, for some reason on the inside of me, I knew, I just knew what this car was that he, that he was looking. I, so I asked him, I said, can you just tell me, can you just tell me, what was the car that you drove by that you saw and it triggered something on the inside? He said, it was a Cadillac Escalade. And I said, what color was it? He said, black. I said, do you know? that you happen to be talking to someone that had a black Cadillac Escalade? Why you think God set you up to make the call to me? It wasn't a happenstance. No, God wanted you to become closer to what he was drawing you towards. Uh, wherever God is taking you to, he always exposes you to it. Wherever God is taking you to, he always exposes you to it. That's why sometimes you meet people that no way you should be meeting them. No way you should be in communication with them. No way should they be in your circle having conversation with you. But God started exposing you to where he's taking you. And it becomes hard for you to believe and hard for you to understand. God, would you really do this? You're exposing me to this, God, because this is where you want to take me? Watch this. Without exposure, you'll never know it's possible. Without exposure, you'll never know it's possible. So God has to start exposing you to the things that you're desiring. Woo, you want to be a surgeon. So God has to put you around a surgeon. <laughs> and you just think you meeting a surgeon to meet the surgeon because you're going to have surgery or something like that. And God said, no, that's where I'm taking you. You need to know a surgeon so you can get that surgeon spirit. Ah, my, my, my. Listen, there are some spirits that's trying to come close to you you need to get rid of. <laughs> there are some spirits trying to come close to you you need to get rid of. Because those spirits are trying to get close so that they can get away of, of the spirits that God wants to bring around you for exposure. All the dreams and desires that God has placed down on the inside of you, you hadn't seen yet. The only way you'll start seeing it is when he start exposing it. He start exposing it. You've been wondering why you've been talking to millionaires. <laughs> and you think, you think... Man, I'm just around this person. No, 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 no. God's exposing you where he's taking you. Now, what's going to be your responsibility? It's not just exposure that gets it done. You got to now have an imagination. You got to have an imagination. What's the root word of imagination? Imagine. 
What's the root word of imagine? Ah. If you don't have an image of what it looks like, if you don't have a model of what it looks like, then you'll never know it's possible. I don't have time. We bowed out of time. I'm going to stop right here because next week I'm going to talk to you about the importance of the image. Think about this. Think about this, what God said over in Genesis. Let us create man in our in our image and our likeness. God said, let us make mankind after the highest image there is. We got people who've been made in the image of God, but they're functioning like devils. They got the wrong image. They got the wrong imagination. And until they shift their imagination, they'll never see clearly the picture that God had in store. Some of you have been visiting the wrong house. <laughs> until you get the right image, you'll stay in the apartment. Oh, I, I said I was out of time. My God. I'm telling you today. It's no accident that in 2020, what is that? Perfect vision. The clearest you should ever see anything. God has allowed us to be alive in this season. He wants you to see the clarity of your dreams and your vision like never before in this season. In this season, I don't care what it was like last week. I don't care what it was like at the end of December. I don't care what it's been like at this season in your life. You're still here because God wants you to see some things like you've never seen them before. God wants you to dream some things like you've never dreamed before. God wants you to learn some things that you've never learned before. God wants you to go some places you've never gone before. I'm telling you, it's going to be a year like no other as you begin to envision it in a brand new way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we say.